Listener Production. To Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Yay, everyone! I'm so excited for today's episode. We have my joining us. Hello. (laughs) Yay, mum. So I've got my beautiful mum on. She is, I was literally just going to say like her age and shit, but no, we, (laughs) she'd be, she'd be mad at me. No, you look amazing for your age dolls. Yeah. My mum has been through it all. You've, well, really, I look up to you so much now, especially because you've, you've always been a single mum. You've always brought us up alone we went to dad's like every second weekend. So you did it primarily on your own and you never really had any money bringing us up. You always worked full time as a policewoman. Would you bloody believe you were a cop for 20 years? Is that right, mum? Mm, yeah, 21 years. <laughs> You're also Greek, which you absolutely love. And no one can believe I'm Greek, but mum's actually Greek. She's naturally got black hair, but she's at the moment. You're just embracing your grey. I'm transitioning. I'm 90% grey, so I've decided to go with it. So yes, I've stripped off all the black it. and it's... It's turned out a grassy, bit. but it'll grow out. We're going through a bit of a ginger stage at the yes, moment because she's stripped the black out. So you and Minnie are matching because Minnie's going through a bit of a ginger stage <laughs> too. <laughs> Transitioning through to but blonde. Exactly. So mum's been through a lot of ups and downs, but now you absolutely... Well, you moved up here about a year after Chump and I moved up. My brother also moved up too, which was beautiful. And you just have a love for travel now you're actually a fashion designer. You've always been a dressmaker. So we're going to talk about that as well because it's really cool. Like mum made all my clothes growing up. So that was beautiful and very good for me. And yeah, you lo- you absolutely love traveling and you just love Minimoo. Minimoo. Minimoo's the best. But I want to speak about the fashion <clears throat> part uh, first and foremost because actually Karen makes like all of us girls in on the Gold Coast actually more like she has an online store so you can go on and order these custom linen pants and they're Actually, the best. Yes, you can. So go on to Corinna Designs, <laughs> K-A-R-R-I-N-A. Is that right, Mum? K-A-R-I-N-A. Oh, fuck it. We'll leave it in the show notes. K-A-R-I-N-A Designs. Find it on Instagram. Yeah, so Kaz is amazing. So, uh, But I wanted to talk about your birthing suite outfit because Elodie often talks about it on her Instagram <laughs> And I wanted to share it with our listeners. So do you want to talk the people through what you wore to Minnie's birth? And why? <laughs> because it's all I had that day. <laughs> Not my, you're always dressing up. I am always dressing up. No, well, the, the last two weeks of Elodie's pregnancy, I was staying at Elodie's place every night um, just in case something happened through the night. And so after about 10 nights staying at her place, I just zapped over in what I was wearing that day. I didn't take didn't even take a change of undies. <laughs> and um, So hold on, had you, I can't even remember this time, had you stayed for a few weeks and then you end up going home because you were like, oh, fuck, it's not happening. No, I stay. I came over every night. I'd, I'd oh, leave okay. in the day but come over in the evenings. Oh, okay. So you weren't alone through the night just in case something happened through the night. Oh, you're so cute. I don't even So that's what I did. Oh. That's what we did. <laughs> and so 
That's and this particular day, that's all I had to wear because <laughs> I didn't pack a bag every yeah. day. I I did the first few days, and then I didn't. You just gave up because yeah. we're like, this baby ain't coming anytime <laughs> soon. We're like sitting there by the phone. Yeah, <laughs> so I wore just a a um a little sundress I'd made in flower of flowers, red and pink and and green flowers and I'd made, I bought the um, fabric in Paris actually a few years ago oh, and it's yeah. this little sundress I made and um, a belt. <laughs> a very <laughs> tight know. belt. Mum loves her belt. She's I always like wearing my belts. lipstick and belts should be your lipstick middle name. and belts, that's right. And then four o'clock in the morning, the dog, Rummy, comes into the, my room and um, woke me up and she was kind of being a bit funny, a bit weird and she jumped on the bed and she never does that. Oh, she jumps on Elodie's bed but no one else's. Oh, that's so And cute. she was let, I walked out the door and then came back, walked out, came back and she was trying to tell me something. But Elodie had gone into labour so it was about four o'clock in the morning. That labour went on for a very, very long time. <laughs> no time. It went on for 14 hours I at home, but no time to change into something comfy, Mum. I didn't have any other clothes. Or, or some sand shoes or something. She wore heels to the birth. I wore heels. What? Well, yeah, they but... were comfortable. <laughs> they were very comfortable. Yeah, but you're anyway, always wearing, we, like, we heels managed. and shoes like that. And I think when you're used to it, that's just like wearing sneakers for us. Totally. Right? I liked it. I liked it. I think you looked stunning, Kaz. <laughs> I just love that there's that photo the video and the photo of you in the shower and you're wearing this beautiful dress with the belt and Elodie's just like a bloody, bloody elephant Hagrid. hanging over a, a ball, <laughs> screaming, oh. and you're just like, Pat, you're just, it's okay, it's okay. Hosing you down. Hosing you down was, in The water sundress. was soothing, like a little waterfall. Oh, the water was, was very soothing. Mm, what was, was your, soothing. How, what was your scariest part of birth? Or like, what, what were you thinking the whole time oh. us? Well, I, after a while, I started thinking, geez, this is taking a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because my births were pretty fast. Um, and then when you went right into active labour and um, generally they liked the baby born within a couple of hours and it just went on and on and I started to get really worried. I, I was really worried for your your welfare primarily because oh, you're my child, you know, and um, then the doctor came in and said, oh, no, everything's going okay. They were worried about you had the monitor on but they were worried about the monitors because they weren't sure which heart the monitor was picking up, yours or the baby's. They weren't exactly yeah, sure how the baby was coping. Anyway, then then they became assured that the baby was okay and you gave birth not that long after that, probably another half hour. Heck but yeah. I, I was really worried that baby wasn't coming quick enough when you were right in the middle of active labour. Honestly, yeah, in the lead really up worried. to it, Elodie kept on saying, it's like, it's fine, I just, I've got this. Like, my mum, for both me and my brother, it was really quick. So, like, you know, things can change, but, like, I'm just, like, it's going to be really quick and really fast. It's going to be like, so If I'm anything easy. like my mum, it's going to be very easy. It's going to be so easy. And you know what <laughs> mum also said? It, it also doesn't hurt. So it's totally, <laughs> totally painless. Like, and it's, it's crazy what women go on about. So, like, I'm just going to be... Absolutely fine. <laughs> That's literally what I had in my head on replay the whole time. And I Sorry remember about that. Sorry about I'll never ever say that again to another person. I remember being on the road. You was you were driving. We were going to the hospital finally at like 4 p.m. that day. I was trying to hold back vomit. You kept stopping at every red light, and I kept looking over at you in your outfit going. I'm wearing a fucking belt. I'm about to spew. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we <laughs> going to the hospital? And then it felt like another 12 hours later that she actually bloody arrived. You Did... were saying, hurry up, hurry up, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't stop. This is an emergency. I'm in pain. Did you, Karen, have you ever watched like a being in the birthing suite for another baby being born? Like obviously you've birthed 
L and No, J. I haven't been in a you never, So do you feel like it's given you another whole perspective of like childbirth? And especially it being your own yeah, daughter? Yeah, I, I just so, I felt for her and I thought, oh God, I wish I could do it for her. Take it away from her. I wanted to, wish oh, I could do bless. it for you. <laughs> Take it, it away. Was it hard for you to watch her in so much pain? It was. Yeah, it was. It really was. And I was, remember clearly thinking, I just wish I could do it for her. To take oh, it away. I'm such a tough <laughs> cookie, but like, guys, I just want to remind everyone my, like, my birth, she was posterior, and remember, she was corkscrewing <gasps> around into she my spine. She went the wrong way around. Yes. So she was going around my spine for like hours, and it was excruciating pain. And I, I didn't want any drugs and stuff. And then I realized, like, the midwives were like, people don't do what you're like, this posterior situation without drugs because it's fucked. And I was like, regretting all that shit. I was like, too fucking late to go and her. get the drugs, get the baby out the sunroof, do whatever you have to do to avoid that posterior shit because that really, really hurt. She took the long way around coming out. <laughs> she went the long way around yeah, apparently. she did. She, she mucked around. Did instead you? of sort of turning and coming through, she um, went around the other way. Into yeah. my I had, spine. What does that she mean? Away the other, what? She yeah. So I think she was she was in this position um, before birth. The few days before, they were like, if she could kind of move over to the left side of your belly, that would be better because then she can kind of corkscrew down easier. But so she was on this side, and they were like, that's okay. She's still on this side for on the day. They're like, oh, she's still there, but that's fine. But she'll probably just go forward and down. But she bloody must be like a goofy, like she, she's hopefully mm. going to be left-handed and shit because she just like went the other way. So she just decided to go the long fucking she went big, around big the fat tour of the womb. Before <laughs> she did the tour. She went around the, she swirled herself around the back. The back into and my spine. Out and came out from and the left. slowly, slowly too. It was quite slowly. slow. I'm so dying. So sad. Like I've like my whole life, when I'm, I'm always, I'm so intrigued with childbirth. Like I'm just so... Like, I love it all. Like, I follow, I'm a freak. Like, I follow all the, yeah, app, like, the so Instagram pages and watch and all. And, like, honestly, that was, like, one of the biggest regrets in my life, not being able to be there at that birth. But in in hindsight, like, the more I think about it, even if I was here, I don't think I would have been because it was, like, right in the middle of COVID. So you only have one person. So you, oh, Karen, would have obviously right. been was, that person. Yeah. But oh, I was just yeah. so wanted to be there so bad. And, yeah, I obviously got stuck in the States, which was just a nightmare. But... Karen, I wanted to ask you because I thought it was going to be a boy. It. I thought it. Minnie was going to be a boy, but did you think that she was going to be a boy or a girl? Both Elodie and I thought it would be a girl. Really funny. Mm. I and think I also wanted to be different because everyone else was saying boy and I was a bit like, no, I'm going to disagree. I just wanted to be different and, like, I just kind of really felt strong girl vibes. And you got to cut the cord as well. Oh, were you? Did you? Yeah, were you expecting that? Or was that a little surprise? A little cherry on top. Oh, Elodie, <laughs> Elodie cut told her me. bloody leg off, doll. <laughs> and it was surprisingly hard to cut it. It's really? very rubbery. Really? Yeah, it was harder than I thought. It wasn't a quick snip. Really, yeah. it was a and bit it was of it. She had to fully go rubbery. like hack, snip hack, a few hack, times, and like proper um, cutting paper. Yeah, oh. it was quite incredible. It was just such relief when she was born and. It was gorgeous, wasn't it? It was so special. I just mm. and did you Such see? Relief. Did you both like when you first initially saw her? Did you both see Chumpy straight away or Elodie? I didn't. I wasn't thinking of anything like that. I wasn't thinking of who the baby like, looked God, like. No, we're just thinking, oh, she's here and she's safe and Elodie's safe and all's good. And it wasn't for um, a few days. I, I really noticed that. Yeah, I really noticed the eyes were like Chumpy and the. Become more and more like Chumpy. Oh. You look at 
her and sometimes she'll look at you sideways and you go, God, that oh, was chumpy. I say it so often. Mm. I'm like, oh, God, she's looking like, not that it's a bad thing, of course, mm-hmm. but I'm like, how can something look so much like someone, like, I, I don't no. know, genetics are crazy. It's really crazy because, mm-hmm. like, there's this one specific photo of Chump when he was a baby that, I, like, I cannot get out of my sight and it's just her to a T. Mm, it's like the so the, the static hair yeah. and then the deep set little <laughs> eyes. Like, it's, oh like, God. exactly, exactly. It's eerie, like, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. It's, like, it's definitely, she's definitely Chumpy's daughter, mm. I tell you that much. And mm. some people see it at different times too because, like, this morning when she fell asleep on JS... Fish was like, oh, my God, look at her. She looks so much like Chump right now. And I was like, fuck, does she? Like, it's just so, because, like, I don't know, sometimes I really see it and other people don't and then they'll see it when I don't. Like, it's just, it's like mm. her mannerisms and shit too. It's weird. It's a funny little tot. The hair. That hair. It's that, it's that, that hair. spiky straight hair, yeah. the almond eyes and the skin. I feel like she's skin. really got his skin. I think she's got his skin too. A bit olive Beautiful. But Jesus, skin. we've been through a lot together, haven't we, Mum? Like, I mean. <sighs> we have. I feel like we, we already had. And then in the last few years. Yeah, like there was gnarly. a new height to it. Yeah, mm. something you would never imagine. Hey, no. Mum. No, not at all. Did you two ever, like, okay, so Chloe and Mum, you were rallying around trying to harvest oh. chump sperm on the 8th we were and like the 9th circus of July. monkeys that day. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly, it was it was kind a, of a little bit of a blur. Uh, the day Chumpy died, that's kind of a blur in my yeah. head. But the next day, yeah, the next day. It was like. It was just go, go, go. Yeah, I think like I thrive in those like really high mm. pressure situations. Like I, uh, like, like obviously we were all a blur. Like no one was really thinking straight at all. And I guess because you were a police Policewoman, a policeman, a police. <laughs> is that what you call them? A policewoman, policewoman. Yeah. Um, a I popper. think. Have you had you had experience in that at all? Or Look, have you I, heard about I it? was aware of sperm retrieval, not yeah. through the police though. I, I just through news stories over the years. So I was aware of it. It's just not that common. Yeah. Um, and the night Chumpy died, my older brother rang up and said, "Karen, what about sperm retrieval?" And I said, "Yeah, I know, I know, but I just it's didn't just have the impetus weird, yeah. to do anything." And I, I couldn't think. Yeah. And I didn't have the impetus. I really just didn't have the impetus to. Yeah. I let that float out of my mind. And it wasn't until oh. the next day when, when you gave me all that information. So I rang up the coroner's office, the family service at the coroner's office, and qualified all the information mm. you had given yeah. me, all the, um, the legal legislation yeah. on the Queensland guidelines and all that. And then rang the, the solicitor and rang the doctor and engaged them both. I was How? Elodie's advocate, so I just engaged them all. And Chumpy's parents were there and so we were able to get affidavits together over the phone and do it, get it done that afternoon. Um, and and it, it was kind of really interesting how that all worked out. It was the day of the week um, and everyone was available to mm. authorise. You had to get, I think it was three points of authorisation mm-hmm. between, do- between the hospital and the morgue. And up until a week before, you actually had to get an order from the Supreme Court. But that yes. had stopped the week before. There was a change of legislation. And mm-hmm. then and then because COVID was happening and so you didn't have to meet face-to-face, you were able to get a lot of these things done over the phone. Everything just fell into place. Yeah, it really mm. did. And, like, aren't we so lucky that that did happen because I don't think that any of us were at any... Like we were in no state of mind to do anything more than what we did because we were just all, like it was. Gave, it was I think for you and I, it gave us a mission. We couldn't bring him back. We couldn't mm. do much for you. We could be there for mm. you. But like it really made us feel like we were actively doing something right. to help. 
Damage control. Yeah, that's exactly what You're typically a very, like, very realistic person that just, you just get shit done. You don't want to fluff about. Mm -hmm. You're not, like, you don't overly let emotions take control of you. Trying to get a nice, warm, cuddly (laughs) hug out of this one's fucking difficult. I get them. (laughs) Yeah, you get them, not me. I said to a girlfriend the other day, touching on that subject, I said, well, I'm not really a natural nurturer. If you're in hospital... Trust me, don't, you don't want me there holding your hand because I'm not doing it. But <laughs> I'll go around your house and I'll clean it. I'll get your car detailed and I'll sell it. I'll pay all your bills. I'll do all your cooking. I'll pick up That's everyone true. from wherever they want to go and I'll drop them. I'll organise anything you want. But I'm not going to sit there holding your hand, okay? <laughs> I've got to bounce into well, action and know. do stuff. I won't call you when yeah. I need to go to <laughs> Call mum for certain things. Like, trust me, since I've had Mini, she's fucking come in handy. She does heaps of shit for me. I'm like, oi, do my washing, clean my house. <laughs> but no, but you also are very loving because you, you cuddle Mini. And, oh, and you hang out with Mini Moo. How can you not cuddle Mini? But you're just a doer. You're a go, go, go. And like, do you guys think that I would actually do it? I thought it would happen. Did I always you? thought it would. I dared not think too much about it uh, because I know the likelihood is not that high. Yeah. But yes. I didn't doubt that something good was going to come of all this. Yeah. And no, it's same. just everything fell into place. I, I had no doubt that you were not going to have mm. a baby. You are going to have his baby no matter what. Like mm. there's no way that we all of that could have happened and everything couldn't have fallen in place exactly like what you said, Karen, mm. and nothing come out of it. I, w- I just can't believe that like a year and a half later it, she was in our arms. Like I think Same. that's so crazy. Mm. I, th- I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's, um... And now she's just growing and I'm like, can you stop? Like, please. <laughs> no, stop growing. Like, they like a freeze little baby her. She's again. too big. One. It's crazy. <laughs> she's gorgeous. No. But um, Dr. Dr. Davidson, he was just so great, wasn't he? And he was so he was. gentle, so nurturing, so nice. And his wife and his receptionist. That's right. They're all, they're such Louise a powerhouse. Yep. So after Chumpy passed away, naturally Karen has come straight to Elle's house and she's moved in and she's in the little <laughs> spare room. She's got a little cosy. She's made herself very at home in that little room. Um, and you and Chump were so close as well, Karen. Like obviously mm. you guys all saw each other a lot and you've been there by Elle's side because she's, obviously needs you so much. How did you feel like you were able to cope with that grief within yourself when you're trying so hard to comfort your daughter? It was a tricky time because uh, I'm a natural protector and I just wanted to wrap her up. And that pissed me off. And and we bounced off each other really, really badly and emotions were flying high and Elodie, you know, there's anger and resentment and... I guess she had to take it out somewhere and I and I copped it and I responded very badly. I could, I should, I, sh- I responded back with emotion and no, you should never do that. No, you know, you, you should, you identify emotion, you diffuse it and you act in spite of it. But no, I'd, I'd go, I'd have a shot back and, and we bounced off each other really badly and Elodie and I had always had a very easy flowing relationship mm. until... That period of time was almost like it's almost until um, the baby was born. Actually, it lasted. Um, but like <clears> grief does crazy. things Oh, it to does crazy things to people. And mothers and daughters at the best of times are fucking 
in and like I think at the end of the day, you guys know? are both in this like fight or flight mode where you're just oh, yeah. like you're basically just fighting for survival. The two of you in your own yeah. ways, and you deal you deal with grief exactly what you said, completely mm. different. And so you're mm. both trying to. I mean, you're just mm. trying to stay. I'm just trying to head above water, day. and you're like you know you're trying to help, and it's just like it's. And mum's actually, you're probably more of an introvert and I'm an extrovert. And we were yep, just both definitely. trying to survive. We are both grieving. We both didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I reckon we were taking everything out on each other. I think we were taking everything out on each other. Um, and it was just a bad time. We'd, we didn't have a, we'd lost our flow. And I yeah. couldn't, didn't feel like I could tap into you. And you, we, we were mm. disconnected. Um, it was just so weird and awful. But I guess that's just what happens. Yeah. When trauma hits, you know, you you're kind of knocking against each other instead of mm-hmm. flowing. In saying that, nothing at that time could or should be normal. Do you know what I mean? Oh, We're no. just all in turmoil. No. There's no normal. There's no and normal. But I, I'm, I hope that I kind of gave you confidence and a little bit of grounding. Uh, you you know, if, And made you feel a bit secure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Just to like elaborate, so people listening don't just think we were just like literally fighting like cat and dog. Mm. It was just that we were living together and I'm third, well, I was 28 and just like to have my mum living back in my family home that I was meant to have with my partner and I was meant to have our kids and stuff and then just like him just suddenly like die and then have my mum move in and just fucking trying to wrap me in cotton wool. Mm. And I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Like, I love Mm. you so much, but fuck, what are you doing here? Where's Chump? Like, and we were just having this, it was just a really, obviously loving and that every day we'd be like, yeah. let's go out for coffee, let's let's do shit. Like we were like a soundboard for each other because we're both going through so much but also taking everything out on each That's other right. because you, you were there every night and I'd be yeah. like fucking crying or talking shit and we'd just get into fights because yeah. we both didn't mm. know how to handle the that, weight and it's, of it was a matter everything. of damned what you damned what you do and damn what you don't yeah. do. You know, yeah. like because obviously you wanted to be this strong motherly mm. figure and you didn't want to show too much emotion because you didn't want to make Elle sadder? Did you feel like behind closed doors, like you were just like a heap on the floor and I, crying? And Yeah, yeah. And then you feel guilty for feeling that way because I'm not the one that lost, lost my partner. Um, it's just really weird for everybody and you, yeah. you just yeah. don't know. I guess you don't know how to respond. And um, I wanted to wrap her up, but that's not what she needed or wanted. She was like, I wrap me now, please. <laughs> and how do you stop being a mother? Anyway, then Minnie came along and the dynamics have changed again. Haven't they? It's well, really I funny. I think once, once you moved out, so I think you stayed for like, what, four or five months or something? No, about nine. Oh, She's got it all documented, Doc. I've got oh, well, it written down actually, and I'm going to refer back to it. <laughs> well, David and I went to... because. A month after Chump passed, Dad, of course, got, if if you're familiar with the story, my dad got diagnosed with cancer and then he was dying. So my brother and I went to Sydney to be with him for three to four months. I think about three months. So basically then me and you were great because we weren't in each other's pockets like grieving together. Do you know what I mean? Just a fucked up year basically. Mm. And then when I came back, you were only really there for a few more months before moving. Mm. I moved out the middle of June. Yeah. Middle of June last year. And so that, you were well and truly pregnant. Yeah, true, I was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had so much confidence when I was pregnant because I'd always just watch you be a solo mum and bring us up and you were just so, like, matter-of-fact about everything and you just hustled, like, you know, you just did what you could. You were such a mum where it was just all about practicalities. Like, you worked so hard. We had no money. I remember, like, 
me and David were so independent because you made us so independent. So that's why I've always been so independent. Like from literally year one, where we were catching public buses to school. David was in the two years above me. So he was like looking after me and shit, but we we're in Mossman catching this public bus to school, making our own lunches. Like, because you'd have to leave for work at like what, seven, like before, we, were we even awake when you'd leave for work? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yes, but I, I did make you independent and resilient because you had to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way our little dynamics had to function. Mm. And I'd feel like just watching you just be a powerhouse and go and do it because it was like a matter of survival sometimes. Mm. I just felt like, you know what, mum did it alone, I can do it alone. Like I, I've got this and I've also know I've got this army of support around me, mm. like exhibit mm. A is in front of me right here, you two. I just felt like I've, I've got this. Yeah. Mini Moo's already proving it. to be a little independent <laughs> biatch. <laughs> She's uh, hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to kind of like talk about Chump for a second and I wanted to ask you, Karen, what do you, what is it that you miss most about him? Oh, he was Quite opinionated. Yes. <laughs> he was very engaging and very intense. And anything he was passionate about, he was very intense. And he'd he'd tell you all about it and he'd know all about it. And um, and I loved that passion in him. And mm. of course, he he was very healthy, he was very good looking, he was interested in a lot of things, and he's most of his day was um, about health and fitness because mm. that was his job. Yeah, but um, he when he was passionate about things, he really would get stuck into it. He was very opinionated. Tunnel vision for that topic. Oh yeah, he was quite one-eyed when it came. But and I and I loved that passion in him, and I would have loved to have um, seen how that changed and matured mm -hmm. as he grew. You know, as the years went by. Yeah, especially so, into fatherhood, I feel like he would have just been. So... He would have been so dedicated. So cute. would have been so dedicated. So funny. Yeah, not, yeah. none of us would be getting a look in, I tell you, that no. much. No. He probably Helicopter he, dad. Yeah, I literally just... He probably wouldn't let me hold her ever. He'd just be all over it. He definitely wouldn't be going away anymore. He'd be like, no, I'm stay-at-home dad. Now you go and work. <laughs> oh, oh, and if there was, like, one thing, like, if you could go... I mean, I guess you guys could probably maybe both answer this if, it, if, you, if you're okay with it. If there's, like, if you can speak to him right now and there's one thing that you could say, what would you, what would you tell him? Mm. I'd tell him how much we all love him and tell him all about what a beautiful baby he's got mm. Mm. and how it's such a shame he's not here to nurture this child and bring her up to be confident and secure the way that I know he would have. Yeah. He would have been adventurous, but he would have had a safety net there so she'd grow confident, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Mm. I just, like, feel like I... It's, like, one of those things where if I could see him right now and have a conversation with him, I just, like, don't know what I would say because there's so much I want to say. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, where do you begin? Like, where do you begin? I'd almost just... Like, if he can't come back and he's just there and it's got to be this quick chat, I just want him to know that everything's okay. Minnie's great. She's a fucking legend. Mm. And we love you so much and we, like, worship you. Mm. But there's so much I want to know and ask him and, like, talk to him. Like, it's just so weird. I'd love to have a chat with him, but I don't know what I would say. I think yeah. I would just be, like, fucking... I think I would just freeze. Like, present to <laughs> I'd Minnie. just hug him. I just want to hug him. Yeah. Mm. Imagine. Aww. We need tissues. Is there a tissue man coming? 
Sorry for that question, everybody. <laughs> Mum wrote a really beautiful poem, though. Oh, you yeah. You can read that out if you want, Okay. Mum. <laughs> I need my glasses. You don't have to, though. You can read your favourite bit out of it. <laughs> you know I'll Mom read it. Mum just wrote the cute, like, the most beautiful poem. It was ages well, ago. Well, it's uh, yeah, a tribute on the anniversary, the first anniversary of his death and my thoughts on him passing. Thursday, the 8th of April, 2021, marked the first year of Chumpy's passing, and as such, my daughter Elodie, Chumpy's parents Chris and Sal and his sister Emma, has changed forever. His sudden and tragic death sent shockwaves through us all, as well as, his, as well as extended family, friends and the worldwide community. Exceptional is a word that readily comes to mind when I talk of Alex, a natural leader, a decision maker who inspired all with his zest for life and his love and gratitude for all things he had in his life. With his inspirational and thought-provoking spirit, he ignited passion and truth in all who took notice. His word was his bond and he planned everything with purpose. He meticulously and lovingly cared for all that he had in his life, most prominently my daughter Elodie, who was his centre. I try, I try not to look at photos of Alex lest I cry, but when I do look, the word majestic jumps out at me, for he truly was majestic with his stand-firm approach, his activism, passionate and strong ideals on, on the environment and social issues, and of course his love of sports and music. How I would have loved to watch him grow older and for those ideals to grow. Our families are overwhelmed with grief and sorrow. My daughter awakens every day and chooses life to live every day, every day with hope and makes a concerted effort to bring forth her infectious effervescence so that she can carry on Alex's legacy and make him proud of her and of their shared life that was. For every day she feels his presence and is comforted in the knowledge that he will never truly leave her. But in her private moments she can, succumbs to immense sadness, which is almost too much for me as her mother to bear. Alex, on the day of your death, I cradled your head in my hands and said a prayer over you. Sorry about that, by the way. I know you're not religious. <laughs> I thought to myself, if I could swap places with you, I would. I often ponder why for some dynamic people, life ceases to exist far too young. It's cruel and inexplicable that life can shift so swiftly and unexpectedly. I now find I must stand tall, reset myself and steady the ship as both my children need my support. I am pivotal in helping Elodie nav navigate through her grief being her strength as well as a soft and safe place for her to fall. Also for my son David, he has suffered other losses and this last has affected him more than most realise. Him and Chumpy shared a deep bond and a kindred spirit with an albeit decidedly different delivery that marked their individuality. When tall trees fall, when great trees fall, sorry, a very great tree has fallen and will leave an indelible mark. Oh, no. <laughs> You're clever. Man, that's amazing. Chump loved you so much. So, so beautiful. He loved your outfits mostly. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute, Mum. I can't even believe you wrote that. It was really nice. Oh, thank you. Every time Mum was like going to come over for dinner, he'd just be like, wonder what she's going to wear. I can't wait for the fucking catwalk. And you can, hear, you can hear, Karen, like if you don't know who's coming down the hallway, you just have to listen to the footsteps. Like <laughs> She might have a cat with a bell on. Like she fucking comes in like hot and heavy. And she we have like a bit of a runway like at my house, like from the front door to the kitchen. It's a bit of a hallway. And mum just does this like power walk, catwalk down with like whatever dress, ball gown she's got on. And I'll, I'll, I will, will have told her to come over to like go for a walk, but she's still wearing like a ball gown and like not appropriate walking shoes. 
I always wear appropriate walking shoes. They're just not runners. <laughs> they're never runners. They're like heels. <laughs> uh, uh. No, I, I look at walking as a day. It's just a, a lifestyle. It's just a part of my day. It's not a defined time when I decide to exercise. It's just part of my li- lifestyle. Do you not get walking. blisters? No, because I always wear good shoes. Mum just walks not generally like 30 runners. k's a day. She's yeah. just one of those people. She doesn't mean to go for a walk. She just she's like, oh, it's just what if I, I do. I said let's meet in Burley for dinner. She'll walk like forty. No, how how? Oh, it's about eight kilometers. Like no. a forty minute walk. She'll just be like, oh, walk there. Wow. Mm. Like, okay. Athletic. Look at you. <laughs> Athletic. That's girl. why you've got such a good rig. When you wear your red um, one piece. I know. Like you should be on Baywatch. Yet. Without the big tits. <laughs> Without the big tits. Oh, yes. Yeah, I had to deal with that rig when we were in Europe together. And yeah, I'm like, I want to talk about is that. my mum hotter than me? <laughs> what the fuck? You did. You guys, before Elle came to um, Ibiza to meet Paul and I, she spent a couple of weeks with you in your on your home, in your homeland? Is it in your homeland? In your motherland. Motherland. Yeah, your homeland. Ah, yeah. With Minnie and Elle. How, what was your favourite yeah. part about that trip? Oh, Kithra. Kithra, it was. Yeah. It was the best, wasn't it? That's yeah. Mum's Island, where she originated from, and her her, her family, like ancestors, are from. Mm. Yeah, it's a really beautiful, untouched island. We probably shouldn't tell too many people because then we don't go want them there. all going there. Don't no. go to no, Kithra. <laughs> I never had even heard of it. Like I've no, been to a bunch of the other islands, but I hadn't. I've not I think been to there's Kithra. like six hundred or there's either three hundred or six hundred islands in I think, Greece. I think there's even more. There's only a couple of hundred that are inhibited. Mm. Yeah, so there's wow. heaps of islands mm. that you wouldn't even know about and shit. So this is kind of one of was those. Was that a proud moment for you? Oh, look, it was, it was, it's a beautiful island. It's a traditional island. There's only two and a half thousand people who live there. And it is seasonal. Um, so there is a, a high season, the summer season, but that's usually for returning Catherians or other Greeks maybe. But you right. don't get a lot of... So you were born on that to, island? No, 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 oh. no. My grandfather comes from that right. island. Right, okay. And my grandmother comes from a little village on the Peloponnese. While mm. I just thought of it, I have the weirdest story. I'm not even sure if I've told you, but before I even met Lottie online, I, I spoke to this other widow who, who's named Maria and she's... She lives in Athens. Anyway, when I was in Kithra, I'd said, oh, like, I'm going to be passing through Athens and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll hopefully catch up with you. And Maria, she's my age and stuff. And her partner was an athlete who was a soccer player and then he passed away. Anyway, she goes, what the hell? I can see that you're in Kithra. I have a house there. My family's from Kithra. I'm literally, like, she could not believe it because no one's from Kithra. She goes, no one's ever heard of Kithra. No one's from here. But I've literally been talking to you online you live on the other side of the world, and, uh, but you've originated or your mum's from Kith, this island and now you're coming there? So she came and she came to this traditional dancing night thing that we had at this <laughs> local village square and she came and uh-huh. met us and she, we clicked like straight away. She was so that, cool. And there's Greek dancing. It was fun, wasn't it? And it was Maria ended up knowing of people that knew our cousin. Like there was all intertwined. Everyone in Kithra yeah. knew each wow. other and it was just... Crazy, crazy. Oh, well. And then I end up catching, we end up going to dinner with her again in Athens and like she's mm. awesome. Like she's fully one of us. You'd absolutely love her, doll. Love yeah, shout good. out, Maria. Thank you for that. That was great. It was really good. So like just through everything in life, Mum, you've just been through so many ups and downs. Mm. What keeps you going or what's your life motto or what, what do you have to say for yourself, doll? What got you to where you are today? I think what keeps me going is my children. I've, I've always drawn strength from my kids in my lowest ebbs, you know, and I had some trauma 25 or <laughs> 28 years ago. 
it's my kids that kept me going and kept me on top and floating. And you still do. You still do. I think I can't drop down because I've, I've got to be there for my kids. I've got to um, be an ambassador for my children or I've got to be there for them to look up to. And do you look at Elle now and are you so proud of her for the mother that she's become? Oh, absolutely. She's a natural mother. She's, she's just slipped straight into motherhood. It's lovely. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, she's great. Mummy. She reminds me of my own mother, actually. Mm. Oh, bless. Yeah, she's mm. actually the best mum ever. Mm. I mean, mm. we, we're together so much, but there's like some of the stuff that she does and I'm thinking, fuck, she's just the best mum. Like, you, you, we're just, we parent so differently, even though I, <laughs> I'm not a parent, but like I pretend I'm a parent to Minnie, but like the way that I parent Minnie is like completely yeah. different. I think like you're much more chill and like like laid back, like <laughs> when we're eating and doing like bits and pieces, like Elle's like, yeah, just chuck it out, just shove the food in the mouth with my fingers. And like <laughs> when she's with me, she's like, no, we're going to use a spoon and we're going to sit there and we're going <laughs> to like, you know, we, we're just so like the Elle's just like naturally fallen into this motherhood position, you know, mm. that she's found herself in. Mm. Um, and you're just such a natural, I love it. I love watching like even Paul and I both sometimes are like, oh, fuck, did you see what Elle did on her stories today with Minnie? Like, and, <laughs> but like, it's, just so, it's just so good. I love it. I love your parenting <laughs> style. It's amazing. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. Well, we're just doing what we can. Mm, oh, Mum, I love you. It's oh, I love so you too, to baby. You Thank you, darling. The best. Shout out to Kaz. She's a cool Kaz. She's not a... She's a cool Karen, one of the good ones. One of the good ones. Nah, shout out to all the Karens out there. Thanks so Thank much, you. Karen, for coming on. Thank we were, we're, we've been super excited and we'll definitely get um, my mum, Al. Yes, shout Al's out coming, to Al. coming up soon. She wanted to do it together. Her and, she wanted to be with Karen on the podcast. But we had we would had to separate the two of them. So Bless. you'll get the whirlwind of Alison Chapman in uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> we can't wait for that. Thanks okay, so thanks, much. Cool. Love you, mum. Love you both. Mwah. Bye. Mwah. Yay. <laughs> 